we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett. I can't even say my name. And with me, I'm so excited. And with me, I have Mike Roberts. Yeah, Mike. Mike is choked up because he's laughing at me because I almost got choked up saying my first and last name. And I, I, I don't know what that was about, Mike. I've had the same name for 28 years now. Like, yeah, well, you, you know, think I would know it? As soon as it's important to know your name, <laughs> yes. is when you forget your name. <laughs> that, that, that's how. That's usually how it goes. But uh, we got another guest for you today. But first, I want to remind you. So check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle HenricoCTE. Go to HenricoCTE.com to keep yourself up to date on everything we have going on. As of this recording, we have another Life Ready Expo going on February 9th. This one is focused on careers in the health field. So go visit, again, HenricoCTE.com. Click the article in the top of the page. Mike made it real big for you guys, so you cannot miss it. Yep. Right at the top. And it will give you a link that will be good for, uh, it will be tonight as of the airing of this show, uh, this recording for the Life Ready Expo on February 9th at 6 o'clock p.m. And come talk to professionals in the health field. We got some awesome guests coming, some from Locke uh, Taylor's Veterinary Hospital. Um, we have actually, Mike, we had a one of uh, Sammy Habib, who was now a veterinarian over there yeah. in the show. And they've also hired a couple of our other students as well. So come talk to them. Come talk to some other guests like in Rico County, St. Mary's Hospital, um, Life Care, Medical Transport. Just a few few names that came to my mind as I was reading the list of, of guests that are going to be there. Again, that's the Life Ready Expo, February 9th, 6 o'clock p.m. Go to HenricoCTA.com, click the big link, and go get informed about something that, you know, you possibly could have a career in once you leave high school or be on track to have a career in once you leave high school. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues, such as Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, and such. Um, please uh, do whatever you need to do to subscribe so that you are able to get notified whenever we have a new one. We do two, uh, one every other week uh, to a month. We've got an international audience, so add your name to the list. Add your and, name uh, to the list. It's one of our fans. Yep, one of our fans, one of our friends, and... Uh... Uh, we want you guys to be informed about what's going on out there, parents and students and businesses, everything, everything in between about the wonderful world of CTE. All right, guys, for your guest today, uh, via Microsoft Teams, and that seems to be a common theme here lately with okay. everything going on here in the world. And uh, our guest is currently working with Clearway Energy as a HR operations coordinator. Clearway Energy is a North American energy business that focuses on clean energy and uh, he, all, he is also one of our former High Tech Academy students. Uh, welcome to Henrico CTE Now, Mr. Trevor Norton. How are you Thank doing? You. Good morning. Good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing all right. It's morning over there with Trevor. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, where are you at? You're all the way over there. Where? I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Trevor came, went from Virginia to Phoenix, Arizona. We'll get into the story of how that actually uh, <laughs> happened. Uh, so take us down your career path, Trevor. Um, how did you end up at Clearway Energy? And uh, mention, of course, High Tech Academy. How that play yes. a role? So I am a 2017 graduate of Henrico County. 
Um, so I did uh, high tech during my sophomore and junior year, um, which left me for a super easy senior year, which was great. And so upon graduation, um, I went on a whim and I applied to Arizona State out here in Tempe, Arizona, um, and then came out to Arizona State fall of 2017 and started my undergraduate in the business school. Um, I actually started my studies in computer information systems. Um, one of the great things about CTE, specifically within High Tech Academy, is although it was an engineering-focused program, it kind of exposed you to just a little more than just engineering discipline. So it helped me realize that I did not love engineering, which was great because then I didn't go to college and start studying that. But it made me realize I love the people aspect of business um, while being able to use, you know, analytics and, and math and things like that. So that was a super great aspect. So I went into computer information systems and then realized, you know, I like people more than sitting behind a computer all day. So I actually switched my major to management and international business um, with a certificate in data analytics. Um, so did that in undergrad. I am a 2020 graduate of Arizona State with those two degrees. Kind of jumping around in a circle, I, in high school, I actually started working for a senior living company um, in Richmond uh, called Brookdale. Um, worked for them um, for a few years and for the community. The community actually transitioned management companies to Sunrise Senior Living. So I still am with Sunrise Senior Living um, as a part-time, you know, PRN kind of pickup job. Um, but that job really kind of kickstarted my career in a lot of ways. Um, I worked my way from being a server to a front desk receptionist, administrative assistant and all that. And the great thing about working for an organization like Brookdale slash Sunrise is they are nationwide. So when I went out to Arizona, they were like, hey, we have locations out there if you want to continue your employment with us. So I continued my employment with the senior living company out west here in Arizona and con continued working with them on the weekends. Um, I wanted something closer to campus, though, so I also took that opportunity to look for on-campus jobs. I highly recommend that anybody going into college work with their school, their career services to see what on-campus jobs they have available to them. Is that really, A, it's an easy way to make money and it's an easy growth opportunity. So I applied for an on-campus job that I was basically qualified for because of my work in senior living. I started working as a business operations assistant for um, one of the department colleges at ASU. Then come junior year, um, I was looking for internships and saw an internship with Clearway. So I threw out an application and jumped into there and um, was qualified for that internship based off of my student worker experience from ASU. So it was kind of the tier of the, the high school job built to the freshman year college job that built to the internship that then turned into a full-time job. Um, and so I joined Clearway as an intern at the end of 2018 um, and I've been with them as an intern and then became a full-time employee in 2020 and then graduated and I'm still here. All right. Awesome story right there. Thanks for sharing, Trevor. And Mike, that's one of the things we, we hear. Two themes, two themes I want to point out there. The fact that uh, Trevor tried High Tech Academy and found out engineering was not for him, but also the fact <laughs> that an internship also uh, led to a huge opportunity down the road, Mike. And that's one thing we often say is uh, CTE, A-Center, it always gives you an opportunity opportunity to kind of try it before you buy it, uh, so to speak. Yeah, and he even had the experience of even though he tried engineering in high school, he still went to college and mm -hmm. found out that, you know, computers wasn't the direction he wanted to go either and then ended up in where he is now with Clearway. So and the great thing about High Tech Academy, specifically with that program, is it still set me up for greater success in college. I mean, the, the program geared me up for greater success. It helped me develop my study habits and it helped me you know, get ahead in terms of credits with 
with business school. And honestly, it kind of set me ahead in some business school aspects because a lot of business school students have never, never will take an engineering class and they don't even have that background. So it kind of, it kind of helps distinguish me in certain aspects of, of my resume and just my background in a lot of ways. Um, and then the, the credits that you get alone from, from High Tech Academy just set me ahead that allowed me to have a double major in college and graduate with two degrees early, which not many people can do. So without without the setup and the, the kickstart from high tech, I definitely would not have been able to be in the position that I am today. A lot of people don't understand about High Tech Academy is it offers uh, 28 credits towards VCU's engineering program. And Trevor, I'm glad that those credits were able to help you out in some shape or form, even if you weren't going to go pursue an engineering career. But let's let's continue down, down the path of Trevor. High Tech Academy, man, how'd you find out about High Tech Academy? How'd you ultimately end up signing to take that course? Oh, gosh. I think it was either some fair or some presentation where somebody from high tech was presenting at um, at Godwin, where I went to high school. Um, and Wearing green shirts. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember that. Everybody <laughs> remembers the green shirts. I would like to forget them. Now, let me stop. <laughs> yeah. So kind of backing up. So when I was in middle school, I actually applied to specialty centers at um, Henrico County, and I did not end up um, getting accepted to any or finding one that I liked. So I ended up just, you know, going the normal route to normal district zone high school because, you know, those didn't seem like the right fit. So when I saw the high tech academy and just the general CTE programs, I th thought that might be a better fit because I really did want, you know, to have parts of the aspects of my home zone high school that I love, you know, with the friend groups that you had from middle school and all that. And I was really involved in choir and things like that. But also I wanted to have kind of that more specialized small group education that CTE provides. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this really is the best of both worlds. Um, so I, I, when I had the career fair or whatever it was where I met the people, filled out the application, um, talked with my school counselor um, about the program to learn more. And then I think I went to some informational session at, um, at Highland Springs um, and then applied and was luckily accepted and decided to just go for it. Another good thing about the A-Centers, right, Mike, is that um, it allows you to stay at your home school. You mentioned keeping uh, the same group of friends, but also yes. it allows you to get gain more friends, gain different friends while yep. still having your friends at home school. Exactly. It was great because I mean, I was because as a freshman, you know, I, I was involved in choir in middle school and high school and it allowed me to keep that group and that extracurricular that I really enjoyed. Um, but also to your point, meet new people. I mean, I had a great group of friends that I still keep in touch with here and there that from Glen Allen and from uh, Henrico and, and a bunch of other schools, Deep Run, that I'll unfortunately will admit, even though we're rivals <laughs> and all that. But uh, it was great to have like a smaller group that was from all around to meet that and um, while still maintaining the homeschool. Well, the, 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 the fact that it, plus the program that you were taking was a college level course. How much did that play into your decision? Is that, you know, was this about getting your feet wet into college or it was specifically going, well, whether this was a college level course or not, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, there's, you certainly always want to get ahead. I mean, AP classes get you ahead to some degree, but one you have, you're, you're basically riding on the, the AP exam score to, to see what kind of credits you get. Whereas these credits are full university credits that transfer. Um, the other thing is it, it gives you way more credits than you would have ever gotten with an AP. I mean, I, I enjoy math and science, but I'm not great at them. I mean, I, I can, I can get by, but um, I would not prefer to do them all day. And with the credits that I'd gotten from, from high tech, I was able to only take one math class in undergrad and then no science classes. Like I haven't taken a science class since high tech, just because that's how far ahead it got me in terms of a curriculum outside of an engineering program, Oh wow! which is, which is phenomenal. And then also I think it was just super 
it was super engaging to have that kind of, to like what you said, get your feet wet, where it helped prepare me to college better because I had college level professors that also understood where I was at as not being a college student, being a high school student that kind of helped me have a more, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like a, like a slow, like a slow, slow acceleration versus just people get thrown out of high school right into college. And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm in yeah. over my head. So I think that was great. And then the benefit of, especially because, you know, freshman level classes at especially larger universities, they can be, they can be 400 people in a big lecture hall. And that allowed me to get my first college level experiences to be in the small group setting to really get feedback and, and advice on my work from what I needed to be up to that. Whereas some people roll up to their first freshman science or math lecture and 400 people, and it's hard to walk down and ask the professor a question where I was really great. I had a really great relationship with both the professors in that program. And sometimes even you won't even have the time to even ask the professor because mm -hmm. you got to hit those office hours and, you know, exactly. the professor's only one person, you got 400 uh, people you're responsible for in that class. So a lot of the work you have to do in college when you're in a group that large is going to largely be independent. Exactly. So absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm so I'm glad to hear that, though. Honestly, Trevor, I'm really glad to hear that you got all of that out of high tech academy. And uh, again, back on the topic of the A-Centers. Uh, a lot of the decision that's being made to uh, actually attend an A-Center, of course, it's the student's decision, but also I'm sure, I'm sure the parents play a role in it as well. So how much of a role did your parents or your guardians play in your decision to go to the A-Center? Oh, I think they played a huge role for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, I think, I mean, I always try and keep my parents engaged because they have the adult perspective that I didn't have, especially at that age, that always provides good insight. But I think when you know, looking at the specialty centers at the end of middle school, they were like, these could work, but they might not be the best fit, just given they knew like a comprehensive overview of what I wanted out of high school with like extracurriculars and all that. But also, um, or I guess they're, they're both VCU alum for their for their grad degree. So they're both like, oh, VCU, like totally, because they knew I didn't want to stay in Richmond for school. So they're like, oh, we can get him to be <laughs> in some ways, but not have him stay in so That was great. But I think they also, I mean, from just an overall college perspective, they knew that any credits I could have ahead of time would set me ahead from their experience. And especially if it could ultimately, you know, save some save some money with, with helping have less, <laughs> less credits to take. But also, I think from from their backgrounds, I mean, they both went to smaller, I guess not smaller schools, but they, they didn't have that opportunity in high school. And just when they heard about those opportunities, they're like, oh, if I had that, that would have really set me up for better success in college. So they definitely were, were really strong supporters and really helped kind of give me the final convincing that I needed. Not that I needed convincing, but, you know, it was like, oh, I think I want to do this, but I'm not 100% sure. And they were kind of like, that helped seal the deal with me after going to the informational program and getting a second set of perspectives. Because I mean, when when you're in high school, you only have, you only have, really have your parents that are, that are the ones that are kind of pushing you on, obviously your school counselor and those supports, but your parents are the ones that know your comprehensive overview of your life on what you're trying to do at that stage. So they play a huge role. So you're saying that, do your parents not have any, maybe uh, some initial resistance in the, at first, because it's not the traditional pathway to college that most students are taking? Was there uh, any reservations? I don't think they had any. I think any, if anything, it was purely just logistics. They're like, "Are you going to sit on a bus for that long?" But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it was. I think the only other hesitations is they were like, "I mean, I think they could recognize that the that the program was a challenge," and they were like, "Are you are you up for that? Like, are you gonna are you gonna be up for it? Because it's definitely going to be harder than just going some of the some of the typical routes." And I mean, there's there's just all different aspects of challenges. But I think other than that, they were they were fully supportive as long as they. They were like, if you know what you're signing up for, we're supportive. So, 
That's yeah, awesome. High Tech Academy is certainly one of our more rigorous courses. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it really is a college level class. We're talking about 28 credits towards VCU's engineering program. And uh, Trevor, you went uh, to, uh, what was it, Arizona? Arizona State. Arizona State. So Arizona State, man, that's, that's a lot of miles away from Virginia. Yes. How did you end up on that uh, on that decision? And how did that credit, credit transfer work? Because a lot of the questions we get, Mike, I know when we're out yeah. talking to the students is, well, I, I want these engineering credits, but you know, what maybe VCU may not be the school I want to go to, uh, or I might end up wanting to go somewhere else. How did the credits, if you can remember, Trevor? I know there's a little bit off the sheet, but how do you remember those credit transfers being uh, going? Yeah, well, so long story short, about how I ended up at ASU, I my entire life I've been set on going to James Madison. That's where all my family went. I'm, I'm a big Dukes fan, so I've been set on going there, and then junior year we ended up taking a family vacation for spring break just to arizona to do grand canyon all the typical touristy stuff and you know it was right when i started doing college looks and i was my mom was like oh let's just go look at a college campus just to get a feel and just to see what another one's like and i was like okay sure so i went we just toured the campus and all that and then i was like oh you know i actually kind of like this one and she's like well that's not what i meant like <laughs> i just been looking at a college campus not but not one because i mean i i only applied to i think five schools and i think I applied to James Madison, and then I applied to two in South Carolina, um, and then Arizona State. So it was really like Virginia, South Carolina, and then way out west. So it was kind of the the shot in the dark. But to give a little plug for ASU, I mean, they have pretty much a program for everything. They're they're actually the largest public university in the country, which is a, a cool experience in a lot of ways. They have about 50,000 students on the main campus, which is absolutely gigantic. And they have four campuses in Phoenix. So across all campuses, they have close to 100,000 students, which is crazy to think about. But in terms of credits, I mean, each college handles it differently, which is the challenge. But I think it really you just have to take the time to to engage with with the registrar or whoever to make sure that you're getting what what the credits are worth. Because especially when you're going to a, a school that might not be as familiar with VCU, you have to explain that, hey, these are engineering credits from this program. What are these? What are these evaluated at? So they can make sure you get the right equivalents to set you up for success in, in your actual degree path. And I think the other part is to work with your advisor that you'll get as a freshman to make sure that those are aligning cor correctly to whatever their version of like a like a major map progression is. So like the the fr all business freshmen take take an intro level like uh, math or pre-calculus type class. And so if I hadn't gone to my advisor and proactively talked about the credits that I had from HTA, I would have had to retake a class that would have basically been the HTA class. And then she was able to correctly map it. So I didn't have to retake that, which was great because that let me get ahead and it let me take another elective. Um, that ultimately ended up being a second degree in at ASU. So I think it's just you to have to be a little proactive to make sure that you get you get what you worked for in, in HTA because it's a lot of work and you just want to make sure that all your work is worth something if the college doesn't be like, ah, you get a bunch of electives. Um, but I also think you have to be aware that sometimes unless you go to VCU, people might not give you what you want out of it. I think there was like one class where it ended up just being an elective. And I mean, that's that's OK, because I mean, I still got plenty of other things out of it, but I mean, you're not going to get the exact equivalent unless you go to VCU, but it's a trade-off and it's still worth it. Yeah, well, Trevor, I mean, you're going to be the example. I'm going to tell you that right now. When students ask me that question, I'm going to say, hey, I knew this kid that was in high-tech academy ended up going all the way to Arizona State. Now you're going to be the example, but that that's good news that that you were able to still make it work for you. I, I know I keep coming back to this theme, but that that is just really good news, right, Mike? That, that's something, that a question we get a lot of the time. A lot of the students they, they love VCU. They love the Richmond area. But from those the, the small uh, majority of students who want to take uh, go out of state, you know, it, it's good to know that someone went all the way to Arizona 
from where they are, from where they may be sitting in today as they're listening to this podcast and we're able to find some success, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> amazingly enough, I had a, a student in one of our virtual recruiting sessions that was, he was he was excited about High Tech Academy, but he definitely wasn't going to go to VCU. I mean, he was going he was going Ivy League. I mean, mm-hmm. he was going to the top. And he was he was excited that there's a possible, you know, that even if he didn't get all the tr- credits transferred, he got two years of college experience yeah. for himself. You know, just like what Trevor's saying, you know, it was able to, it was a two year slow progression to that, the college campus life and the, and the life of the, of, of, in the, the large uh, auditorium with the 400 kids in it. Um, so it was, it's getting information, getting experience to get you ready for that next step. Where, like you said, a lot of, a lot of students, once they graduate high school, it's just, they get thrown into the fire and it's sink or swim, you know, and that's two different analogies. <laughs> But it's, you know, but it's, uh, I mean, it's great that you're getting that experience that because you're taking a college level course and it's better preparing you than most other students when it comes to their transition from high school to college life. Yep. A lot of what me and Mike do um, is we, as we mentioned, we go out and we talk to students a lot and sometimes we do get an opportunity to encounter parents. So uh, Trevor, from your perspective, what do you think we could do better? What, what more can we do to better attract students and parents to, uh, of course, CTE courses, but also A Center courses as well. Oh gosh, well, I want to preface this by it's obviously been a few years, so you could be already be doing these things. But uh, <laughs> I think the only thing that would have helped me is is letting people know about these options earlier on, because you know, in in middle school they push, you know, if you want to do something more special or unique, you need to go to a specialty center. And you know, don't get me wrong, specialty centers are great and those work for some people, but oftentimes that might not be the best fit. And I wasn't even aware of High Tech Academy or, or any of the CTE stuff until, um, or the A centers until being in high school. And I think if I'd known about some of those things in, in middle school or even like earlier on, I think I would have definitely had those on my list versus, you know, just stressing over specialty centers and then doing that. So I think having all of that available so I can look at, okay, high school, do I want to go to a different one to focus deeply in, in this? Or do I want to maybe do the, do the mix of being at the home high school, but then doing a few years at the A center as well? So I think. That would have been the only thing that helped me. I think otherwise I had a great experience. I mean, I found out about it still in plenty of time to be able to apply. I mean, I was able to do it sophomore and junior year, which I thought was great because then it kind of let me have a, a little breather of a senior year in some ways. Go so, ahead. So that's awesome because, I mean, that's a perfect explanation of what we've actually started. I mean, we've already, we have for some time now um, been introducing middle schoolers to sign up for A-Center programs in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, and this year we're doing even more exposure for the middle school students and we're even preparing to start exposing elementary school kids, you know, and so we're, we're trying to get that information out there. So it's in the students thought process. It's in the parents thought process, just like where the uh, high schools are are getting out there and getting that information out. We're we're getting into the game, too. So because yeah. well, just like you said, you didn't know. And we hear that a lot. I didn't know this was available. Mm-hmm. And and the worst thing to hear is a senior going, I had no idea. You know, it's like, what are we doing wrong? You know, so yeah. we're, 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 we are really working very hard to get the exposure out there more and more every year. And since you've been here, we are, we've got some great programs to get the word out to even more students in, in Henrico County. So that's awesome. That's great. It's great that I was that's in eighth grade in 2013, but it's been a while. So y'all, got, y'all made some advances. That's good. I think the only other thing too would maybe to be 
to make sure parents are aware sooner because you know I can think about the typical eighth grader they hear about that and they're like mom I don't care about this like that's very that's very middle school esque so if there's any I don't even know like middle school parent sessions or anything those would be great too because I think obviously a lot of it for myself at least was self driven but I know for a lot of people and at least for my parents too would have been help it would be helpful for them to have that earlier too so they can kind of I'm sure eighth grade me would not have been as open to this as as tenth grade me was so so it'd probably <laughs> be good to get the parents to push it well. We've got we have our life ready expos, our virtual ones that we've been doing this year, and that one is those events are open to students and parent their parents. And so what we and what it is is that they have the opportunity to talk to business leaders and find out what is the path if you want to come work for for you know John's business, what is the path you need to take to get there? And so yeah. parents and and their students are able to talk to them to find out. And so and we're we're getting a huge amount of middle schoolers come into these events, these virtual events. Uh, in my experience in the in the rooms that I've been monitoring, uh, when we do these every every couple of weeks, and it's it's exciting to 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 hear the questions coming out of these seventh graders. Most of the ones I've talked to, I think, are seventh graders, and and getting their questions answered so they're getting prepared. Just like you're saying, if you if you don't know about it, you can't prepare. You know, then it's less likely that you'll have the ability. You know, you've already signed up for a four-year specialty center instead of jumping on with us in two years, or you missed a, a, an opportunity for a marketing or an accounting or whatever class that you could have taken, started taking these computer classes in middle school and having even more in high school that are outside of the ACE Center environment that we offer. I mean, when we've got 150-some cl- you know, classes spread out over the ACE Centers and the different high schools, I mean, it's lots of opportunities. And and like you said, we, we got to get that message out there. And I think that we're, we're trying to do a better job of that every year. Yeah. That, that's the Life Ready Expo Mike's talking about. And actually, as of this recording, it'll be uh, on the evening that this airs, uh, February yeah. 9th, 6 o'clock p.m., Click the link. Mike made it easy for you guys to find. Mike also does that website, too, if you didn't know. That's why I keep saying Mike made it easy. Mike <laughs> made it easy to get the website. And it's a huge link. It says Life Ready Expo. Can't miss it. Miss it. So click that link uh, and come talk to health professionals on February 9th at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, we, we talked a lot about, Trevor, uh, your time at High Tech Academy in the ACE Center. Let's talk about your time at Clearway Energy. Yeah. Uh, you are the HR operations coordinator there with Clearway <laughs> Energy all the way out there in Arizona. And, uh, you know, you, you're a little bit in the past, you know, as far as time zones uh, are concerned. So uh, talk to us about your daily responsibilities with Clearway Energy as the HR operations coordinator. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's relevant to provide a little bit of background on, on Clearway as a company to help explain kind of where we're at. So Clearway was formed in 2018 as a result of a divestiture from NRG Energy, which is a Fortune 500 um, energy power company. So they do oil, gas, all of that. So in 2018, NRG divested the renewables business and we were bought by a private equity firm. So for the past two years, it's kind of been a startup-esque environment in some ways because we were having to stand up. Uh, a lot of operations. So we had to build IT up, we had to build HR, accounting, and a bunch of those core business functions. But all of our other operations, like our wind and solar sites, had been going on for years. So it was like a weird, we have a bunch of, we have capital and we have fully business operations, but we need to still build out a lot of our other um, operations. So when I joined in 2018, I joined as an intern, but quickly the team needed to continue to grow. So I took on a lot of responsibility as an intern, which is honestly just pure luck in a lot of ways that I fell into an internship that gave me way more exposure and experience than a typical internship. Um, and my role has also continued to change. So in a startup environment, you know, you're always evaluating 
how to make things better, how to optimize and all that. So my roles changed a lot. Um, for a while, I oversaw onboarding um, and all of our um, HRIS um, functions of the business. So, you know, any new employee would go through me and all of that. Um, and then anything related to our core HR systems, I would oversee. Um, and in a company that was growing, I think we onboarded about 300 people in a year and a half. So it was a lot of, it was, it was a full-time job. <laughs> in some ways. Um, and now my, my role has kind of shifted to be a, a little bit more strategic in some ways. Um, so my role is kind of split between two things. Um, first being diversity and inclusion. So um, we actually were not planning on standing up diversity and inclusion until 2021, but with everything that happened in the world in 2020, we accelerated that and we started standing up um, our diversity, equity, and inclusion programming and initiatives in late 2020. So I have been doing that for the past six months. So I'm helping push forward our diversity council. I support our diversity council. Um, I support all of our employee resource groups for um, minority employee populations. And then I help support our planning team for diversity. Um, we have three diversity pillars, I guess we call them. Um, our people, our product and customers, and our purchasing where employees um, on our planning team are working to support diversity initiatives in our in the way that we operate as a business um, in those three pillars. Um, so that's one that's one of my main functions of day to day. And then the other is um, talent management. Um, so I over I help oversee our performance management and compensation process. So right now we're in the midst of our compensation cycle. So you know we just finished doing everybody's end of the year performance reviews for 2020, and then we're moving to do the compensation aspect of that. So like salary increases and all the fun calculations and stuff that comes with that. So it's a lot of partnering with business leaders and working on all of that. So, you know, the day-to-day, -day, the, the great thing about my job is no day ever looks the same and it's never boring. There's always something new, um, but I, it, it's a lot of partnering with business leaders, partnering with um, other members of my team to, to help overall just meet the strategic objectives of the business through, through developing and growing and retaining talent. Um, and then optimizing and uh, making all of our processes more efficient to streamline any of our HR and business operations. That was like a lot of working with people, which is something you mentioned uh, that you found out yes. down on your road, your career path uh, uh, is something that you ended up wanting to do. So let's talk about Clearway in itself. Clearway Energy, what type of services do they offer? Um, so Clearway is a fully integrated owner, operator, and developer of renewable energy projects. The other unique thing about Clearway is there's actually two companies in one. So we have Clearway Energy Group, which is a private company who um, <clears throat> develops and operates most of our assets. And then we have Clearway Energy Inc., which is our public affiliate, um, who is a who owns all of the assets. So we have two CEOs, two CFOs, which is kind of a unique business aspect, but we have we operate on a shared services model. So myself being in human resources, I support both companies. Um, so that's one thing that's unique. So our Clearway Group has wind and solar operations, and then Clearway Inc. has, um, or it's called Community Energy, which is thermal energy, district heating and cooling, and things like that all across the country. Um, but under the Clearway Group umbrella, we have about 7.5 gigawatts of renewable and conventional energy generation across the country. We have a nationwide pipeline of projects for the future. Um, so Clearway does does it all. So we start from originating the contracts to for people, wholesale customers, to buy the energy from us. We will develop and build the projects with our construction teams, and then we phase them into operations. Um, so we have our, our technicians that are operating our solar and wind sites on a daily basis and everything in between. You know, it, it, we can do anything in the life cycle. Sometimes we'll develop a project and then we will sell it to somebody else and we won't operate it. And then vice versa, we'll acquire a project and operate it. So we do a little bit of everything. The biggest, the biggest I guess, more customer facing aspect is we do have community solar in a few states, I think mainly in 
um, New York and Illinois, I believe. I could be wrong on that, so I hope <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Community Solar is a is a um, initiative where it allows residential customers to purchase solar panels, or not purchase solar panels, purchase solar energy without actually having to install solar panels on their home. So there'll be solar panels nearby that they can, uh, or solar panels, solar energy farms nearby that they can purchase energy from. And then in, I can't remember the, the technical terms, but they essentially get a credit for that. So they're they're paying for the solar energy from our community solar farms. And then that is essentially crediting back to their, um, to their power bill so that they aren't paying directly for that power they're purchasing the solar energy power so it kind of oh, it's really an incentive for for them to uh purchase and and really focus more on uh different um forms of energy um we're running up against the clock here but i do want to ask you this you mentioned you got in on an internship trevor are there any, any internships uh available uh via uh clearway or maybe right yes. well same company two different ceos yes CEOs. one it's one clear way just two two, two. different names so it, it can get confusing but one clear way um yeah we do have internship opportunities um available at random times throughout the year um, we don't have like a formal internship schedule but if there's an internship available it will be posted on our careers page um check out our website clearwayenergygroup.com um, and you guys can check out our careers page we're also on linkedin where all of our jobs are always posted um, but we have internships available at a decent bit throughout the year. Like I believe right now we're currently recruiting for a business development intern. Um, and so if anybody's interested in getting internal energy and they're in um, their undergrad or grad level, we do have interns for both levels in their college journey. Um, so they're definitely able to apply, but I think it's a great pathway to get into renewable energy. Um, I think internships is a great way to get in because you know, a lot of people, myself included, are, are passionate about renewable energy and they love they love the field, but it's hard because if you're not specifically studying like renewable energy policy or something like that, it's like, okay, how do I get into that? And I think an internship is a great way to jump into it because you're able to use your skills that you're studying in undergrad or, or whatever your, your major is or your, or your professional experience um, and then apply them directly to a business that you're passionate about. So like, I'm not I'm not out on, the, on a solar farm, you know, working on solar panels, but I'm passionate about renewable energy and I get to use my, my business skills to help support that and support the mission. And it just makes the work all more rewarding. So if anybody's interested in internships, definitely feel free to look on our website and apply. And there, there's always some popping up on the website. Yeah, Trevor, I mean, that, that's a good point you made right there. Even though you're not out there, uh, you know, hammering in or installing solar panels, you still are impact, making an impact uh, in your own way. And there might be some students who are actually interested in doing that work of installing solar panels and things like that um, uh, as well. So uh, yeah. Trevor, um, I, I do want to ask you this uh, before I let you go here. And oh, yeah. uh, mention you this. What is some advice that you give a student who may be considering out of state employment or even out of state schooling? Oh gosh, advice there. I mean, there's so many things you can say. I mean, I think if anybody's considering it, I would definitely say it's worth it. I mean. I knew I knew of one person when I came out to Arizona, so I basically had had a fresh start in a lot of ways. Um, I think it it takes guts in some ways because it's hard at times. I mean, you're going to a place. It's not like you can even go home on the weekends or even in the evenings. Like when I came out for my first semester, I didn't go home until December, so it was a full month. Like I didn't. It was my first time having Thanksgiving away from home and things like that. So I think you have to be prepared to have have challenging times like it's never easy i mean so you you see in movies or whatever the glorious like oh i'm going away to college and away to the parents and it's going to be so great but it, it's hard at a lot of times you know to to be away from home and to be away from friends and all of that so i think people just need to what's the word i'm looking for to 
to be able to, to persevere through the, through the challenging times, but it's totally worth it. And I think you just also have to be willing to, to reach out and to meet new people. I mean, it, it, it sounds weird, but nobody, you, what's the word I'm like, nobody, everybody's in the same situation when you're a freshman in college, especially if you're moving out as a freshman, because everybody's new there. I mean, even if there's locals, like they're all, you're all freshmen in college, you're all going to make friends. And then if you're moving as a professional, I think that's also even easier sometimes because it's easy to network in a company, but I think it's totally worth it to move out. I mean, I, I've, out until I came out west, I hadn't even been to Arizona. I hadn't been to California until I came out here. So I think it was a great experience. It has been a great experience for me to come out west and see new places and meet new people, and then also still have all my connections back in Richmond. So I think it's a great it's a great experience, and I'd highly recommend it to anybody. But it's it's not for the people who just want to go home on the weekends and be <laughs> with their home friends. But I think it really it really does help people grow. I think it, it, it's a great way to to grow and to challenge yourself. And I know I wouldn't be the just general like soft skills professional that I have, like the, in terms of perseverance or just communication or anything like that. I think moving away and being, being a lot more independent really helps grow those skills. So highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Well, uh, Trevor, thank you so much for taking some of your time out. Uh, I know it was a little bit of an earlier start for you than it was for us. <laughs> Mike, I think a lot of students uh, and parents too, when they hear, uh, you know, Trevor's story will stand to be inspired. That's the word I want to use. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because I mean, we, we've had a lot of success stories here recently through the podcast, and it, it's great to just continue, continue to just hear r these great stories. And I just I hope people are really excited about uh, about what they're hearing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, we could say it till our, our faces turn blue, right? Our courses are get you ready for life. You know what I mean? It prepares you for the real world. But hearing it from folks like you, Trevor, really makes it that much more real to students, right? Because they see us every day, they hear from us every day. But when we get outside sources, especially students who came through the programs, came through the A Center, came out of uh, Henrico County Public Schools, and they are doing fine and they're doing all right. Um, yep. it, means, it means a lot to hear from you guys. So yep. again, thank you so much for appearing on Henrico season. Definitely kudos to you guys. I mean, A Center and Henrico County is definitely sets people up for success. I mean, it's I don't want this to sound cheesy or kind of cliche, but I mean, like, when I'm when I was working with peers in my freshman and sophomore year of college, like not only with ACE, but I mean, just in Riker County Public Schools in general, like I felt like I definitely had an advantage in a lot of ways in terms of just the general education, like talking with somebody about history. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm like, you didn't learn that in like government. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like it's just in Riker, I think we're, we're really lucky to have such a great, a great school system overall. And then, you know, if you if you're having the the best of the best with ACE and, and High Tech Academy. And in Niagara County, like you're, you're gonna be set up for success. There's always gonna be challenges, but you'll definitely be set up for success. No, we didn't pay him to say that, guys. He, uh, that's from the heart <laughs> right there. Don't, don't listen to him, the check's in the mail. <laughs> check's in the mail, send away. I won't say none of that. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Trevor. Let me go ahead and bring the show to a close, guys. I wanna remind you, check us out on our uh, social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the hand, handle Henrico CTE. Also check out the website, RicoCTE.com. There you'll find a link to our Life Ready Expo. Like at the time of the airing of this uh, episode of Henrico CTE now, this event will be happening the evening of its airing, right? So February 9th, 6 o'clock p.m., uh, go to HenricoCTE.com, click the link, join the uh, Life Ready Expo, talk to professionals in the health field. If you're interested in medicine, may maybe remotely, maybe, you know, a little bit curious about the health field at all, come and talk. We have a, a wide variety of health uh, professionals coming uh, well, not coming, appearing virtually. <laughs> well, this is a virtual event, appearing virtually for you to hop in and out of different rooms to talk to them. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. 
You can find uh, our podcast on all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues. Click and subscribe. Click and subscribe, guys. Click and subscribe. Whatever you got to do to get the notification. We're dropping knowledge here twice uh, uh, twice a month. Twice a month here on Hermichael CTE Now about careers. Bringing guests like Trevor on to talk to you about what they've experienced. So maybe you can learn something from it as well. All right, guys. That's it for us. For Trevor Norton, for Mike Roberts, I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Hermichael CTE Now. Until next time. So long, everyone.